We looked a couple of weeks ago at Moses and we looked at his past. We looked at a thing that took place in his life where he killed a man. And we, in that message, we looked at the reality of we all make mistakes. We all have failures and faults in life. And that goes with every one of us, myself included. Myself included. There isn't a pastor walking the face of the earth today who doesn't have something in their past. That's just the way people are. It's called a sin nature, and we all have it. Well, just as we went there that week, we're going to go back to Moses, and we're going to look at another event in his life. This time, let me set the scene for you. We are in the wilderness. God has already brought Israel through the Dead Sea. He parted the Dead Sea. He's already brought him through it. He has been to Mount Sinai, and he's gotten the Ten Commandments. He has came down, and he has found Israel uh, worshiping false idols that were made of gold. God had shown his wrath, Moses had asked for God's privilege and asked for God's grace on his people not to destroy them, not to hurt them, not to harm them. God, for Moses' sake, did that. Then he set them out across the desert. He gave the calling of the tabernacle where Moses and Israel was to build a tabernacle to worship. And they did. Now the tabernacle is built. But Israel has had a problem. Israel hasn't been satisfied with anything that God has done. They have complained. They were unhappy with manna that God had given them to eat to go along their journey. So God gave them quail. They were unhappy with that as well. They were continuing to complain and to grumble. So now Moses and God are talking and in the first part of chapter 33 God tells Moses that he's done with Israel. He said, I'm not going to lead you anymore. I'm going to send an angel in front of you and the angel is going to clear the path for you and y'all will go on in and I'm going to be true to my promise. I promised Israel this land, the promised land. And I'm going to give it to them. But I'm not going to lead you personally anymore. See, up until this point, God was leading Israel by a cloud by day and a fire by night. And they followed those two symbols day and night. But now after all the grumbling, God says, I'm just going to, I'm going to take my hands off Israel. And I'm going to move away. And here, what I want to read to you beginning in verse 12 is Moses' response to God and him saying that he's taking his hand off Israel. Then Moses said to the Lord, See, you say to me, Bring up this people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. Yet you have said, I know you by name, and you have, you also found grace in my sight. Now therefore I pray, if I have found grace in your sight, show me now your way, 
that I may know you and that I may find grace in your sight and consider that this nation is your people. And he said, My presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Then he said to him, If your presence does not go with us, do not bring us up from here. For now, when when will it be known that your people and I have found grace in your sight except you go with us? So we shall be separate, your people and I, from all the people who are upon the face of the earth. So the Lord said to Moses, I will also do this thing that you have spoken, for you have found grace in my sight, and I know you by name. So I want you to think with me this morning on the idea of desiring the presence of God. If we go back in our passage, we look in verse 14, and he said, my presence will go with you. God said, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. What does it take for us to have the presence of God walking with us? That's something that we should all really desire. Moses, we can all agree, Moses was empowered by the presence of God in his life. That presence of God was greater in his life and it was more important in his life than anything that we can desire on our own to do for God. Now we think about often what we want to do for God. We all think about Gee, you know, I want to really get out and I want to do something for God. I want to, I want to help other people. I want to, uh, I want to go to church and be an active member in a church. I want to, you fill in the blank. Whatever may have come into your heart and your life in the past of something that you want to do for God. But think about this. If we desire the presence of God in our life, what happens from that presence of God and what happens because He is in our heart and in our life carries more weight with us than anything. Because when we have the presence of God in our life, our life isn't ours. Our life is His. And God works through us. That's what was happening with Moses. Moses loved God. Moses had the presence of God in his life. And God was working through Moses. The grace that Moses was talking about was an attribute of God. It was something that God had done in his life. It was something that God had worked out in his life. It was something God had shown him. Moses knew he didn't deserve God. Moses knew that he was a murderer. Moses knew that he was someone who was rebellious against God. And Moses knew that if he deserved anything at all, it was death. The same with others in the New Testament like the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul knew who he was before he was saved. And he knew that he didn't deserve God. But he knew by the grace of God and by Jesus Christ what he had in his life was because of Christ and was because of grace. So they allowed grace and they allowed the presence of God in their life to move and to work through them. And this morning I want you to understand 
that every one of us has that opportunity in front of us. Every one of us has the ability to turn our lives over to God and just let God work through us. And then it's not a matter of what we choose to do. It's a matter of us just being submissive to God and letting God God have His way in our life. And that's something we should really desire and we should strive for. Three things I want to bring in front of you this morning about the presence of God. First, those people who desire the presence of God will cry out to Him. In verse 12, Moses said, You say to me. Moses said. Moses looked at God and Moses pointed a finger at God and he said, God, you said to me. Now that takes a pretty bold person. But that's what God wants us to do in many ways. God wants us to look up to Him and say, God, you said in your word, God, you promised in your word that you would do this. Now God, what do I have to do to claim that promise? What do I have to do to gain this thing in my life and this movement and this moment in my life? We need to learn to cry out to God. All of us do. When we're hurting, we need to learn to cry out to God and ask God to move in our life. When we're not hurting and we're praising God, we need to cry out to God and give Him praise and glory. When we're looking for God to do something and we're looking for God to move in our life, we need to cry out to God and ask Him where He is and what does He need from us to make that happen. God loves you. And God wants to move in your life. And God wants to do things in your life and through you. And often, God will hold and will try to remove His hand from our lives. And He will do it to make us cry out to Him. Because He wants us to get closer to Him. Now think about that. Think about that and think about your relationship with your parents or your grandparents. Do you remember a point in time in your life with your parents and your grandparents when you were a child? And you just were insistent to go do something. And they were telling you, no, don't do it. And they would get you and they would bring you back. And then you would go right back to it again. And they would say, no, and they would bring you back. And then at one point in time, they finally said, okay, you go ahead. Because they knew that it may hurt you. They knew that it may harm you. They knew that it may cause something. But they also knew that when we got into it, we're going to turn around and we're going to look back and we're going to say, come get me. We're going to cry out to them to come get us. And they knew that that would teach us and we would learn from that experience. But we would also learn that we could depend on them in that time. That's the message that God was wanting to give Moses here. Cry out to me and let me show you, God says, what I can do in your life. Cry out to me and let me show you what I can do through you. He wants that and He will work you that very same way in your life and in my life today.
He wants us to cry out to Him. He wants us to seek Him. He's not trying to punish us. He's not trying to, to, to push us away. Even though we may have been like Israel. We may have constantly, we may constantly have gone through life grumbling and complaining and pushing God away. And telling God, I don't want you anymore. I don't need you anymore. I've got this all on my own. And God may have gotten to the point where like Israel, He was ready. But the prayers of people, the prayers of those who love us, the prayers of good godly people have sought God's grace in all manners in our lives. And God says, cry out to me. Cry out to me. And let me come to you. Also, those who desire the presence of God are going to covet it. Now we hear a whole lot preached about do not covet. And the Bible says, do not covet your neighbor's belongings. The Bible says, do not covet your neighbor's spouse. The Bible says those things about do not covet. But they're very specific things about not to covet. When we look at verse 13, Now therefore I pray, if I have found grace in your sight, show me your way, that I may know you and that I may find grace and consider that this nation is your people. Moses looked at God and said, If I found your grace, and he knew he did. It was a rhetorical question. He knew that he found the grace of God and he knew that God had already told him these things. Yet, yet he was coming to God and he was wanting more. He was telling God, you know these people are your people. This morning, if you're saved, if you can remember a point in time in your life when you accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you are His people. You are His people. It doesn't matter the decisions that you had made after that point. You might have broken God's heart. But you're still God's children. Israel may have broken God's heart, but they were still His children. And God couldn't deny them. God couldn't walk away from them. And Moses was bringing that up. Now God knew it. But God was using this to make Moses grow and mature. Because he knew that from this point in the journey forward, Moses was going to need to step up. Moses was going to need to be stronger and bolder than ever before in his work. Today, God may be using something, a circumstance in your life to make you bolder for what's coming. The next chapter in your life begins right here where you are today. And God may, know, He knows what that's going to be and He may be using these circumstances or something in the past to make you bolder right here, right now to cry out to Him and to covet that relationship with Him deeper and more gracious and more precious. Because it is. As we face difficulties in life, as we face challenges in life, we find ourselves backed into corners 
And they will do one of two things with us. When we get back into a corner in life, they will make us bitter toward God or they will make us better toward God. One of the two. God was telling Moses, covet what we have and want more of it. And I'm sharing that with you this morning. Covet what you have with God today and want more of it. Let it go deeper and let it go farther into your heart and let it move more through your life because what you're experiencing here today will make a bolder witness for Christ out of you and what you're witnessing here today will be a testimony to help someone else along the way. Somewhere in life, because of what you've been allowed to experience, somewhere in life you will run across someone that you can help. Your experiences will mean a lot to someone. And it may mean the difference in someone coming to Christ as their Lord and Savior or someone dying without that relationship. It may mean the difference with someone who decides, hey look, this is not right. I need God. What I've been looking for is God. Do you realize there's a lot of people out there today who are angry, who are bitter, who are on substances, uh, drugs and alcohol, and they're going down these roads and they're on it not because they want to be. They're on it because they're searching for something. They're searching and in the process they become physically addicted. The only thing they haven't found yet is Jesus. He's the one that is the key to their problems, just like he was the key to my problems in life. He is going to be the key to so many others. And that key resides in your heart as his child. Covet that and desire more of it. And lastly this morning, those who desire the presence of God will keep it when they have it. When you realize that you have God in your life, when you realize that He is there in your life and He is moving in your life and you feel that presence, you're going to want, you're going to want more of it. You're going to want more of it. You're going to go after it and you're going to want to keep it. Listen to what John chapter 15 verses 7 through 11 has to say. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. For by this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. Jesus wants those who follow Him to have a joyful life, to enjoy life. And to enjoy it, we have to hang on to Jesus. To enjoy it, we have to get closer and stay closer to Him. When we look at our text in verses 14 and 15, God, God reassures Moses, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. 
And Moses said, If your presence does not go with us, do not bring us up from here. God assured Moses that His presence would be with him. And Moses said, Listen, God, if you're not going to go with us, then don't let us move from where we're at. We don't want to go anywhere without you leading us and guiding us. That's a picture that we need to have in our lives today. We don't need to be going anywhere without God leading us and guiding us. Jesus promised us that if we would, that if we would follow Him, whatever we desire would be given us. If we follow Jesus, those desires are going to be desires that God places in our heart. Not desires of anything worldly. But they will be the right kind of desires. That's why He promises He will give them to us. If we're following Jesus, we're going to follow Him and we're going to want to glorify God. We're going to want to see God lifted up and put first in everything in our lives. If we're, if we're following and we're doing what we're supposed to do and those desires are there, we're going to be following His commandments. And Jesus isn't talking about just the Ten Commandments, but Jesus summarized those in two things. What are the great, when he was asked what was the greatest commandment, he said, love God with all your heart, your mind, and your soul. And then the next one is love your neighbor as yourself. All of the other commandments are summarized in those two. Now that doesn't sound like a lot, but when you really sit down and start thinking about it, that's something that's really, really tough to do. And it's something that you and I can't do on our own. We have to have the Spirit of God. We have to have the presence of God in our life. And that presence comes through the Holy Spirit upon salvation where the Holy Spirit indwells us. That's why this morning I want to encourage you. If you're not saved, I want to offer the opportunity to spend time with you and show you God from God's Word what, the, what He says about being saved. And if you are saved, I want to encourage you to look at your walk with God. And if you have any questions, if you have any concerns, I want you to know that I'm available. I'm available to talk with you. I'm available to listen to you. I'm available to share God's Word with you. So as we close this morning in prayer, I want you to know as we leave that if you have questions or comments or concerns, feel free to see me after the message and I'll be glad to address them. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the privilege of meeting with these fine folks today, these ladies, these wonderful ladies, and sharing your word with them. Lord, I pray for the, their lives, and I pray for the lives of the children that are here, and I pray that you would move in their greatest needs. I pray that you would open up doors for them. Heavenly Father, I pray most of all that they will desire to have your presence in their life. Now as we depart and go our way, be with each one that's here today. Give traveling grace, grace and mercy throughout the week that's ahead. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.